Yeah, go get ready. Come on. Go get your shoes. Come on. Go put your vest on. Come on. Come on. As a matter of fact, go get all your stuff. Come on! That's right. What you saying? This ain't worked out. You better go get your hat and come on! And here's the reason He saw me up there all alone So for my sin he did atone He purchased me, I'm not my own I want to please him Hello everyone, once again I want to welcome you to our new radio program titled On Faith Street with Derek Steele and I am he, your host Derek Steele and I'm excited today for we have a great program lined up for you today as uh, this is Archive Week. Uh, today we're driving through the archives again to bring you another one of my father's very powerful messages. So as the uh, as Fred Hammond says in that song, put your seatbelt on, get your shoes and get your vest, uh, tighten up, uh, get ready to ride. Uh, because we're presenting you, to you today uh, the Reverend Dr. C.K. Steele Sr., my father, delivering the message titled, When I See the Blood. This one goes way back to 1972 at the 11 a.m. service at Bethel Missionary Baptist Church right here in Tallahassee, Florida, where he he served for 26 years as senior pastor. So sit back and, and really enjoy and receive this word and allow the Lord to bless you. I know it will. God bless. The text is taken from the 12th chapter of Exodus, just read in your hearing by Dr. Hudson, and the 13th verse. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. When I see the blood. Amen. You'll also notice first. Corinthians chapter 5 and the last clause of the seventh verse for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us when I see the blood the text comes from a very familiar passage of scripture for those who are Bible readers. It comes in the midst of the growth and development of the Hebrew people as a nation. I certainly shall not try or take the time to <coughs> recount or retell of that long development from the time of Abraham until Moses. <clears throat> but most of us certainly would remember 
those hard and difficult days of the children of Israel under hard taskmasters, cruel rulers who were set on destroying them or keeping them as servants, determined that they should not grow and develop and become. You remember how they groaned beneath the burden and how their cries went up before high heaven. And in due time, in his own time, God heard their prayer and wrapped himself in a burning bush and spoke to Moses and said, take off your shoes, the ground you stand on is holy ground. And then he commanded Moses to go tell Pharaoh that I said, let my people go. But Pharaoh was very much like a great number of people today, hard-hearted, disobedient, determined to have his own way rather than the way of the Almighty. But he who kicks against God kicks most against himself. A lot of people don't believe that. But I tell you that's as true today as it was when Moses lived. And so God had to send one plague after another trying to convince Pharaoh that he's God. One plague would come and Pharaoh would humble himself and send for Moses and say, ask God to move the plague and I'll serve him. I'll let you go. I'll release the people from their bondage. And no sooner than the plague was gone and Moses was out of sight, he would change his mind. You know, people are still like that. People can get down and out and in great need of the intervention of God. And they can cry and call on him and make him all kinds of promises. And, but as soon as God delivers them out of that, they'll go back in that same sinful lethargy and apathy. This is the kind of man Pharaoh was. And so God got tired of him. And I tell you, God can get tired of you. And when God gets tired of you, nobody can help you. When God turns his back on you, can no hand help you? You're in bad shape when God gets tired of you. But when God gets tired of you, he gets you off the scene. He gets you off his hand. And when God got tired of the foolishness of this man, he told Moses, and I tell you what you do. I want you to 
Have the families of Israel each, if the, the family is large enough, to get a lamb, precious lamb. Get a lamb, clean lamb. Get a lamb without blemish. Get a lamb, precious lamb. Separate him from the goats and the other lambs. For I want him to be pure. And then he told him how to kill that lamb. And then he told him how to cook that lamb. And then he told him how to serve that lamb. And he said in the process of killing the lamb, I want you to take his blood and put it on each side, the post on each side of the door and up over it. So that when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague will not come to you. Go plague this land. Death's going to ride from house to house. Death's going to ride from door to door. Death's going to visit every home. And when it comes, when I come to your homes and see the blood, I'll pass over you. This was not the only time, neither was it the first time, that God had used and had sacrificed the lamb, typical of his son, typical of the Lord Jesus, to bless mankind. You may remember when man and Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, don't you remember? God came walking in the cool of the evening and said, Adam, where art thou? And Adam came from his hiding and said, I was naked. Who told you you were naked? Have you disobeyed me? Have you sinned? Have you done wrong? Have you done what I told you not to do? And you remember the story? And God ripped ripped those aprons off of them and killed the lamb and made them clothing from the lamb's skin. This was the first time that a lamb typical of our Christ was used as a sacrifice for mankind. And now in our text for today we see God having Moses to direct the children of Israel to put the blood of a lamb, innocent lamb, a lamb without blemish, put his blood on the doorpost. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. There ought to be some lessons that you and I might lift out of this quaint story of years gone by. In the first place, sin must be suffered for. Don't let nobody fool you. Sin must be suffered for. Somebody's going to be punished for sin. Somebody's going to pay for sin. Sin must be suffered for. Whatsoever a man soweth, 
that shall they also reap. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, a long, long time ago, an innocent man, holy man, God man, the Christ of God's bosom, who had done no wrong, who had hurt no one, who had helped people, who had opened blind eyes, unstopped deaf ears, made the lame to walk, fed the hungry, comforted the sorrow. That man, that good man, was condemned by his peers. He was condemned by the Sanhedrin court. He was condemned by the people. And yonder he hangs on a cross. On a cross! Yonder flows his blood. Pierced in the side and out of it came both blood and water. Water for baptism and blood for redemption. Slain from the foundation of the world, our Christ. John on the Isle of Patmos said he saw the whole situation. He said that somebody, somebody needed to rescue mankind. Somebody needed to help mankind. Somebody needed to redeem mankind from the throes of his own sins and wrongs. John picturesly tells it, he said that heaven was searched. The earth was searched. And each time the angel drooped his wings and came on back to glory and said nobody, nobody has been found worthy to loose the seven seals. Nobody is found worthy to redeem mankind. And John said that while he stood there with an aching heart, the tears began to stream from his eyes. And so the angel told him, wait a minute, look. And said he looked. And he saw a lamb coming from beneath the altar, slain from the foundation of the world. And that the four and twenty elders bowed down and cried, He's worthy! He's worthy! He's worthy! Angels cast forth their glittering crowns and said, He's worthy! He's worthy! So our Christ gave His life on that cross that you and I might have a right to the tree of life. Mm -hmm. Gave his life on that cross that you and I might come boldly to a throne of grace. Mm -hmm. This is our privilege. 
This is our opportunity given to us because that man, Jesus of Nazareth, died on Calvary's rugged brow. So, God says now to me and to you, when I, oh praise the Lord, see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, I'll give you a clean record. When I see the blood, I'll accept your prayer. When I See the blood. I write your name in the Lamb's book of life. When I see the blood, you find yourself redeemed as a newborn child of God. When I see the blood, I'll fight your battles. I'll go ahead of you. I'll be your father. I'll be a leader when I see the blood. You know, there's power in vicarious suffering. I tell you, there's power in the suffering of innocent people. People who've done no wrong. There's power in that kind of suffering and pain and agony. I'm reminded now of a little mischievous boy. Little fellow was always in trouble. Always doing what daddy told him not to do. He had a habit. They had a, a walk fence, a boarded fence, right along the sidewalk. And this little fellow loved to get him some rocks. And when he sees somebody coming, He'd take a rock and throw it against the wall and frighten that person. Sometimes it would be an elderly woman, a, a man barely making it along. And that told him, said, son, I want you to quit that. And little boy wouldn't do it. He'd forget all about it and start all over again. So daddy brought him in the house and got him a little switch and whipped him real good. Little boy danced around and shed tears and cried. But in a few days, he was throwing rocks the same old way. And so finally, his daddy called him in. Said, son, evidently I have failed. I've tried to save you. I've tried to teach you decency. I've tried to make you have some sense. But you won't hear daddy. So it must be something wrong with me. You know what that daddy did? He rolled up his own britchy leg and got him a big heavy strap and started whipping himself. And first the little boy just stood and looked at him and smiled a little. But the father kept whipping himself and went by and by. He began to cut welts. And finally, a little blood began to run out of his own leg. And the little boy looked at him and ran and grabbed him around the neck and, and said, Daddy, don't do that. I ain't going to do it no more. Daddy, please stop. I 
ain't gonna do it no more. Well, that's what I'm talking about uh, in the blood of our Christ. Uh, somehow or another, not only when God sees the blood, uh, but when I, when I see the blood, I hate my own sins. Uh, when I see the blood, I hate my own disobedience. When I see the blood, I'm somehow or another want to tell him, Lord, have mercy on me. I won't do it no more. I live a better life. I pray a little more. I walk close to you from now on. Oh yes, when I see the blood, when I look up at Calvary, and see the blood uh, somehow melts my heart. It makes me want to turn my back on the hell and tell Lord, I hold my hand, and lead me on. When I see the blood, have you seen it? Have you seen the blood? Uh, no wonder, no wonder, no wonder the poet has said, down. Hallelujah. At the cross. When I first saw the Lord. At the cross. At the cross. Where I first saw the light. And because it's at the cross. That we find forgiveness. And find pardon. And find peace. And poise and power. For our souls. It's at the cross. When I see the blood, I, I will pass over you. I must hasten on now to close. Uh, uh, not only that, uh, uh, but it also means that when the Lord uh, sees the blood of his son, uh, you see, uh, hallelujah, hallelujah, uh, when God uh, uh, looks at me uh, uh, many times he don't see my sins uh, uh, he don't see my wrongs uh, uh, instead he sees his blood uh, because I've been washed uh, uh, in the blood of the lamb uh, I know something uh, about that fountain uh, filled with blood uh, drawn uh, from Emmanuel's vein uh, Sinners plunged uh, beneath that flood and lost all of uh, their guilty stain. And that may I, though vile as that thief, uh, get all of my sins who uh, washed away. Uh, when I uh, see the blood, uh, I'll pass uh, over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
I said, do you know what I'm talking about? I said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's name. Somebody here ought to meet Jesus today. Somebody here ought to meet my Christ this morning. Somebody here ought to let Jesus go home with you today. Somebody here ought to tell him, Lord, take my hand and leave me on. The doors of the church are open for the reception of members by letter of our experience. If there's some man or some woman who will believe in Jesus today, who will believe in the Christ of Calvary, we invite him now come. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel vein. May we all join in and sing with power. What a powerful message. So uh, thankful to be able to bring that today. That was my own father, uh, the Reverend Dr. C.K. Steele Sr., uh, former pastor of Mich uh, Bethel Missionary Baptist Church right here in Tallahassee, Florida, where he served as senior pastor there for 26 years, where I grew up and where the Lord first uh, uh, taught me about Jesus. And I, I, I know that you were blessed by that. Now, as we get ready to close... Uh, we just want you to realize that message that we heard today. There is an urgency and we must not let life's climax catch us not yet saved. We mustn't harden our hearts as Pharaoh did. If you want to get it right today and receive Christ as your Savior, then pray this prayer after me and mean it in your heart. I need you, Lord. I come to you now. Save me. Forgive me of all my sins and wash me in your blood. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Use me to your purpose and glory. I declare you as my Lord forevermore. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm born again. Hallelujah and amen. Now, if you said that prayer with us, I just want you to know that you are born again and that God is calling you to, to th three very important things. Find a good Bible-believing church home. Study and read your Bible and pray every day. Don't measure it. Don't try to figure out how long I'm supposed to pray. Just connect with God every day. And as the Lord leads you, as He, as His Spirit leads you, you'll find that you're praying more as you go. And, and just remember God to give Him praise and glory for all things. Before I go, I want to say thank you to our, our radio program sponsors, uh, the Dream Foundation and Mr. Michael Dobson there for his graciousness and kindness towards us in supporting us. And also uh, the great Dr. Joseph Camps of the Advanced Urological Institute and my own good friend, Pastor Avery McKnight and the Powerhouse Church of God by Faith, uh, Mr. Scott Thornton and Apogee Science, uh, who at once I used to work for. Uh, when they own the uh, Prestige Cleaners. Also, Bishop Michael Moore and Powerhouse Church of God in Christ. Uh, I want to thank them for their gracious, kind support and over the years. He was my uh, childhood Boy Scout. Uh, he was he was our, uh, our Boy Scout leader. Amen. And um, also, Miss Gail Milan, Mr. Charlie Elder, 
Mr. Tyrone Davis and Direct Auto Exchange, Attorney Harold Knowles, Pastors Richard and Andrea Letford, my great pastors and mentors and leaders whom I love so dearly. And I want to just thank everyone uh, uh, in Radio World who's been supportive of us and uh, Pastor R.B. Holmes, Pastor Robert Shelley, Pastor Mike Floyd, Pastor Ivy Williams, all who have been mentors and supporters of mine over the years and many others whom I haven't had a chance to name this time, uh, but you're on my heart. And so I just want to thank you for everything that you have done to support us over the years and to support this radio program. I also want to thank our good friend, uh, Mr. Beigler Thompson at BT Performance. Hello, I am Beigler BT Thompson, owner of BT Performance Unlimited Paint and Body Shop and Auto Repair. We want to thank you for 25 years of service in the area. We offer free diagnostics and free estimates. Insurance and walk-ins are welcome. We can make your vehicle look and run like new. We are located in the Airport Industrial Center, Call us at 575-6262. That's 575-6262. As we close out today, please remember 1 John 5 and 4, which says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is Derek Steele saying, So long out there. Don't stress. Be blessed. See you next week on Faith Street. You believe, my